Chapters 20 through 24 of An American Robinson Crusoe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Allison Hester of Athens, Georgia. An American Robinson Crusoe by Samuel B. Allison. Chapter 20. Robinson Gets Ready for Winter. There was one thing that troubled Robinson greatly. What will become of me when the winter comes? I will have no fire to warm me. I have no clothing to protect me from the cold. And where shall I find my food when snow and ice cover all the ground and when the trees are bare and the spring is frozen? It will be cold then in my cave. What shall I do? It is cold and rainy already. I believe this is harvest time, and winter will soon be here. Winter and no stove, no winter clothing, no winter store of food, and no winter dwelling. What shall I do? He considered again the project of making fire. He again sought out two pieces of wood and sat down and rubbed them together. The sweat rolled down his face. When the wood began to get warm, his hand would become tired, and he would have to stop. When he began again, the wood was cold. He worked for an hour or two. Then he laid the wood aside and said, I don't believe I can do it. I must do the next best thing. I can at least get warm clothing to protect me from the rain and snow. He looked down at his worn, thin clothing, his trousers, his shirt, his jacket. They had become so thin and worn that they were threadbare. I will take the skins of the hares which I have shot, and will make me something, he thought. He washed and cleaned them, but he needed a knife, and he set about making one. He split one end of a tough piece of wood, thrust his stone blade in it, and wound it with cocoa fiber. His stone knife now had a handle. He could now cut the skins quite well, but what should he do for needle and thread? Maybe the vines would do but they are hardly strong enough, he thought. He pulled the sinews from the bones of the rabbit and found them hard. Maybe he could use them. He found fish skeletons on the seashore and bored a hole in the end of the small, sharp rib bones. Then he threaded his bone needle with the rabbit sinews and attempted to sew, but it would not go. His needle broke. The skin was too hard. He bored holes in the edge of the pieces of skin and sewed through the holes. This went very well. He sewed the skins together with the hair side inward, made himself a jacket, a pair of trousers, a hat, and finally covered his parasol with rabbit skin, for the rain had already dripped through the leaves of it. All went well, only the trousers did not fit. He loosened them and puckered them to no purpose. Anyway, he thought, I am now well protected from the cold when it does come. End of chapter 20. Robinson gets ready for winter. Chapter 21. How Robinson lays up a store of food. Now for the food. Could Robinson preserve the meat? He had often heard his mother tell about preserving meat and salt. He had even eaten salt meat pickled meat. But where could he get salt? One day, when the wind blew hard, the water was driven upon the shore and filled a little hollow. 
After a few days, the ground glistened white as snow where the water had been. Was it snow? Robinson took it in his hands and put it in his mouth. It was salt. The sun had evaporated the water in the hollow, had vaporized it, and the air had drunk it up. What was left behind? Salt. Now he could get salt as long as he needed it. He took coconut shells and strewed salt in them. Then he cut the rabbit meat in thin strips, rubbed them with salt, and laid them one on the other in the salt in the shells. He covered it over with a layer of salt. He put over each shell the half of a larger one and weighted it down with stones. After a period of fourteen days, he found the meat quite red. It had pickled. But he did not stop here. He gathered and stored in his cellar coconuts and corn in such quantities that he would be supplied for a whole winter. It seemed best to catch a number of rabbits and build a house for them and keep them. Then he could kill one occasionally and have fresh meat. Then it came to him that goats would be much better, for they would give milk. He determined immediately to have a herd of goats. He made a string or lasso out of cocoa fiber. Then he went out, slipped up quietly to a herd of goats, and threw the lasso over one. But the lasso slipped from the horns and the goat ran away. The next day he had better luck. He threw the lasso, drew it tight, and the goat was captured. He brought it home. He rejoiced when he saw that it gave milk. He was happy when he got his first coconut shell full of sweet, rich milk. His goat herd grew. He soon had five goats. He had no more room in his yard. He could not provide food enough. He must let them out. He must make another hedge around his yard so that the goats could get food and yet be kept from going away. He got stakes from the woods and gathered them before his cave. He sharpened them and began to drive them in the earth. But it rained more and more each day. He was wet through as he worked. He had finally to stop work, for the rain was too heavy. End of chapter 21, How Robinson Lays Up a Store of Food. Chapter 22, Robinson's Diary. Robinson was much disturbed because he had no means of keeping a record of things as they happened from day to day. He had his calendar, it is true. He would not lose track of the time, but he wished for some way to write down his thoughts and what happened. So he kept up keen search for anything that would serve him this purpose. Every time he journeyed about the island, he kept careful watch for something that he might write upon. He thought of the leaves of the palm tree, the white undersurface of the shelf fungus. But these he found would not do. He tried many kinds of bark and leaves. There was a kind of tall reed or grass growing in the marshes whose rind seemed good when dried. He examined the inner bark of many trees. He at last found that the inner bark of a tree, which resembled our elm tree, worked best. He would cut through the bark with his stone knife around the tree. At about one foot from this, he would cut another ring. He would then cut through the bark lengthwise from one circular cut to the other. He could then peel off the section easily. While it was yet full of sap, he would separate the soft, tough, 
thin layer of the bark. This usually came off in sheets without a break. When these sheets of bark were stretched and dried, they could be used very nicely instead of paper. Robinson next searched for something that would serve him as ink, and this was much easier to find than paper. He had noticed many kinds of galls of many different colors growing on trees. He did not know what they were or how they grew, but he had learned in his father's store that ink was often made from galls gathered from trees. Anyway, he thought, I can get ink from the cuttlefish. He had watched this animal get away from its enemies by sending out a cloud of purplish fluid in which to hide as it darted away. He had learned also that indigo is made from the leaves of a plant. He had noticed a plant growing in the open places in the forest whose leaves turned black when dried. Robinson gathered a quantity of gall nuts and soaked them in water. To the black fluid thus obtained, he added a little rice water to make it flow well, and this served very well as an ink. He kept his ink in a cup made from a coconut shell. He was not long in getting a pen, though the lack of a good sharp knife made it hard to make a good one. In going about, he had gathered a quantity of large feathers. He saved these for the time when he should have his paper and ink ready. Now he cut away a quill to a point and split it up a little way. He was now supplied with writing materials. Is it not wonderful, he thought, how all our wants are filled? We have only to want a thing badly enough, and it comes. Robinson began at once to write down the date for each day and the main thing he did or that happened on it. He called this his diary. He now had a better way of keeping time than on his tree calendar. He did not need it any more. You have no doubt wondered how Robinson could work in his cave, especially at night, without a light. The truth is, it was a great source of discomfort to him. At sunset, he was in total darkness in his cave. During the day, light enough streamed in from the open doorway. To be alone in total darkness is not pleasant. If I only had fire, he said again and again. He watched the many large beetles and the fireflies flash their light in the dark of the evening as he sat in front of his shelter. The thought came to him that if he only had some way of keeping together a number of them, they would serve very well for a candle in his cave at night. How he longed for a glass bottle, such as he had so often wantonly broken when at home. Back of his shelter, there was a hill where the rock layers jutted out. He had noticed here several times a thin, transparent rock that he had seen in his father's store. It is called Isinglass. I will make a living lantern, he said aloud in his eagerness. He soon had a suitable piece pried loose. He cut a part of a coconut shell away, and in its place he put a sheet of isinglass. That evening at dark he gathered several handfuls of the great fire beetles and put them in his lantern. What joy their glow gave him in his cave at night! It was almost as much comfort as a companion, but while it lighted up the deep dark of the cave and enabled him to move about, he was unable, after all, to write in his diary at night. 
Every morning he set his captives free. In the evening he would go out and capture his light. End of chapter 22, Robinson's Diary. Chapter 23, Robinson is Sick. One evening, Robinson went to bed sound and well. The next morning, he was sick. Before, he had only the heat of the day to complain of. Today, he was freezing. He wanted to go to work to get warm, but even this did not break his chill. It increased till his teeth chattered with the cold. Perhaps, thought he, if I can sleep a little, I will get better. But he could not sleep. He was burning with fever and then shaking with cold by turns. He felt a strong thirst, but he was so weak that he could scarcely get the goat's milk. He had no sooner drunk the milk than his tongue was as dry as before. He felt better after a night of sleep, but the next day his fever and chills were worse than before. Then he bethought him of his parents. How kindly his mother had taken care of him! Now no one was near that could assist him. Ah, he sighed, must I die here? Who would bury me? There is no one to miss me. At this, the tears came to his eyes. His sickness increased with each day. Occasionally, the fever would go down sufficiently to allow him to get something to eat. Then it would be worse than before. In his dire need, he wanted to pray, but he was so weak that he could only stammer, Dear God, help me, or I shall die. One night, he had a strange dream. He thought he saw his good old father standing before him and calling to him. He spread out his arms and cried aloud, Here I am, here I am. He tried to get up, but he was so weak that he fell back fainting. He lay there a long time, but finally came to. He felt a burning thirst, but no one reached him a drop of water. He prepared to die. He folded his hands and prayed to God that he would be merciful to him. He prayed forgiveness from his parents. Once more, he raised his head and gazed wildly about, then sank back and knew no more. When he again awoke, he felt better. His hot fever had gone. He attempted to walk. He had just enough strength to crawl to the table and fetch a shell of water. When he tried to walk, he had to sit down at every two or three steps. From this he recovered gradually, growing better and better, and he thanked God inwardly for his recovery. His sickness had continued from June 18th to July 3rd. End of chapter 23 Robinson is sick. Chapter 24. Robinson's Bower. Robinson's sickness set him thinking about his home. He had been so afraid of animals when he came to the island that he thought of nothing but protection from them. He had been now a year on the island and had seen nothing more dangerous than a goat. The fear of animals had practically faded away. In thinking over his sickness, he made up his mind that it was caused by sleeping in his cave where the sun never shone. The ventilation seemed good, but the walls were damp, especially in the rainy season. Then the water would trickle down through the cleft in spite of all he could do. 
he resolved to build if possible a little cottage or as he called it a bower in the yard in front of his shelter the hedge of thistles was growing and formed a fence that an animal could not get through his screen of willows on the outside of this would soon hide him from view of the sea he had the wall of rock and the hill behind him he planned out his way of building it very carefully it must be done he said robinson formed the habit of talking to himself so that he would not forget how to talk without hammer nails or saw he first sought out four posts as large as he could well handle there were always broken trees and branches in the forest if he searched long enough he could find posts that suited to his need he wanted four of the same thickness and height and with a fork at the end after long searching he found what he wanted he was careful to get those that he could drag to his shelter he placed these in the ground forming the corners of a square about ten feet long in the forks he placed poles running around about eight feet from the ground at about every three feet he fastened others running in the same way with heavy cords made of fiber he found his greatest trouble with the roof it must be sloped to shed rain he had to find two more forked posts three or four feet longer than the others these he placed opposite each other in the centers of two sides upon these he placed a ridge pole he then laid other poles lengthwise from ridge pole to the edge of the frames his frame was now done his plan was now to cover this frame with straw or grasses tied in bundles he had seen the barns in the country thatched in this way by the dutch farmers in new york state he gathered the straw of the wild rice it was long straight and tough it was easily tied into flat bundles these he bound securely onto the framework with cords he began at the bottom so that the ends of the row would lap over the tops of the last one put on in this way he built a very comfortable and rainproof bower it was easy to make a bed of poles covered with straw a table and bench were added and shelves of poles robinson felt great joy over this new home i will not now be sick any more he said in case of danger i can get into my cave but at all other times i will live in my bower he had use still for his cave he could use it to store some things in but he had to be careful about the dampness in wet weather robinson was getting to feel at home he was no longer sad he did not grieve so much for home he looked upon his home with great delight it was secure he had his herd of goats always in his sight at evening he would do his milking he found he could keep the milk for some time in the cave he was tempted to try making some butter from the rich good cream but said robinson i have neither vessels to make it in nor bread to eat it on he planned many things to do i will make a hammock some day for my bower and some vessels to use in my work he thought end of chapter twenty four robinson's bower end of chapters twenty through twenty four of an american robinson crusoe